0: It's time to live out your
1: faith in the business arena. It's time to discover biblical wisdom for business success. It's time to connect with kingdom leaders in the trenches through inspiring interviews, timely conversations, and much more. It's time for the Nourish the Dream podcast with David G. Johnson and Dean Burnside.
2: All right, welcome back. David Johnson here along with my amazing co-host, Dean Burnside.
0: Wait a minute, you're, you're going way too far, David. I'm not that amazing, although I am enjoying being your co-host, so here we go. Hey, man,
2: it's a lot of fun. We are actually not in the same room today, but through the wonders of technology, we're able to have this conversation anyway. Incredible. I love it.
0: Absolutely incredible. You're the man.
2: Hey, well, uh, you know, I didn't invent the technology, man. I just use it. So, <laughs> uh, But, you know, I'm excited. We've uh, uh, We've had Buck Jacobs already as a guest. We right. have Dennis Peacock lined up for an upcoming episode, who is amazing. Awesome, awesome. But today, we're going to do something a little different. Okay. And we're going to dig into the archives. And I'll tell you, Dean, this was really exciting. In 2007, so this is coming up on six years ago now. Like, it's actually hard to believe it's been that long ago. But (laughs) uh, the, the organization called Christ at Work held their international conference in Sarasota, uh, which is our headquarters. You know, f- people listen to us from all over the place, but we're here in paradise in Sarasota. Uh, anyway, people came from all over the world for the international convention of this organization. At that time, it was known as FCCI. It's like, I think it's the Fellowship of Companies for Christ International, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken about the name.
0: Yeah, we were involved in that uh, when I first got involved with John Macy in our pest control company. Uh, we were members of FCCI for about three years.
2: And there was a local chapter in this area, if I recall,
0: uh, way back. Still before. is actually, oh, still is. And I uh, we attended several conferences out of Lombo Key. Fantastic organization. Yeah,
2: well, so their big you know big annual deal is is a shindig. I mean, they they hold it. They've held it in like I think in the Bahamas, and they've held it in oh, yeah. all sorts of places. Well, they came to Paradise here in Sarasota in two thousand seven. And I happen to have my microphones and my gear <laughs> at the time. Perfect. I was See, Dean, I've been looking forward to doing this podcast with you for years before we even met. <laughs> yes. Only God could make that work. Yeah. Well, in 2007, one of the many amazing guests at the conference was Dr. Henry Blackaby. Now, i oh, wow. I, I got to ask you, Dean, have you ever read Experiencing God?
0: Oh, absolutely. We've been through that with several groups and uh, absolutely one of the most life-impacting studies we've ever done, frankly. It's it's
2: powerful. I remember being in Christian retail. I'm probably sharing more than I should because, you know, most people shouldn't go into retail. But I was in retail, (laughs) in Christian retail, no less, in the 90s when this book came on the scene, and Mm -hmm. it lit up like
0: wildfire. Oh, everybody had it. Absolutely. You had to do Experiencing God. And, and
2: if you're listening today and you've not done Experiencing God, you should stop everything, pause the podcast, go to Amazon, download you know the book to your iPad, your Kindle, or buy it and have it shipped to you or whatever. But, I mean, the book is fantastic. And and literally, Dr. Blackaby is this – have you ever met him? I have not. I'll tell you. I, I, that was my first time to meet him, and uh, we, we sat down and chatted. But he's kind of this um, wizened old – Uh, he's, you know, old is all relative, right? But he's like, he's like your grandpa, you know, he's this, he's this guy that you, and he's got a little bit of a twinkle in his eye. Like you could tell he's a little bit of a wise guy, (laughs) you know, Uh which I always love that when you find people who are these hyper spiritual people that you think, you know, he walks with God (laughs) and, and then you find out he's got a tremendous sense of humor and, uh, just a really fun guy to be around. Really enjoyed it.
0: Wait a minute, you can do both of those things? I know.
2: it's You uh, it's sh- it can be fun and walk with God? Shocking, isn't it? In fact, I, I, I think that the, the, the more you hang out with God, the better your sense of humor is.
0: Let's hope so, because it's working for you.
2: I, well, you, and you as well. I don't have any empirical data on this, mind you. This is just my own observation. <laughs> but anyway, we had a great time. I sat down with Dr. Blackaby, and I asked him, because for the guy who wrote Experiencing God— to be at this business conference was a little out of the ordinary. And huh. I got a chance to ask him about what he's up to. And Dean, you had a chance to listen to the interview uh, oh, yeah. that I did. So you've heard a little bit about what he shared.
0: I have. And matter of fact, David, I, I knew uh, he had somewhat shifted the focus of his ministry from just experiencing God to the marketplace. I've heard him say things like the marketplace is the next great mission field in America. I've heard it, I've read his book uh, about marketplace ministry since, since it's such a passion of mine. Uh, I've been a follower of Blackaby for years and I, I was amazed at the uh, interview as I heard it and I'm looking forward to our listeners getting to share that again, especially things like reminding me that all 12 of the disciples were businessmen and that as much as 85% of the miracles and works that Jesus did that are recorded in the New Testament happened in the marketplace. Hence, that's the greatest mission field we have. So I think our listeners are going to really enjoy this. Why don't we get right into it and, uh, and let them share. Let's do it.
2: Well, right now I'm sitting with Dr. Henry Blackaby. Dr. Blackaby, it is an honor and a privilege for us to be able to spend a few moments with you today. And uh, we're really delighted to have you here. Thank you. Thank um, you. You know, most of our uh, listeners are familiar with the Experiencing God book and the work that you've done along those lines. And in particular, it seems that in recent times, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, maybe it's not only in recent times, but you you seem to be doing quite a bit of work with um, CEOs and executives right now. Can Mm -hmm. you tell us a little bit about what what you're doing?
1: Well, uh, two other books I've written, which are very much... uh, being responded to by executives one is called spiritual leadership moving people onto God's agenda and that one is very very powerfully used uh, for top executives especially the Christian executive that uh, wants to do things God's way and that's the purpose of that the other is a book that'll be out in another two or three months just called marketplace and it's designed specifically for leaders in the marketplace. So, And then the other book, the third one, is uh, The Man God Uses, which uh, many men's groups, especially business groups, are using that as a study. So I am very committed to helping uh, the business community, men and women, uh, to function. And uh, what I'm hearing from them is, that God has been impressing them to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then let God add everything else to them where they're serving in corporate America. And uh, they, of course, have come to me and said, we understand what God is saying, but we don't know how to do it. Would you help us? So they have uh, encouraged me to set up what uh, we call a spiritual leadership institute uh, for developing spiritual statesmen for corporate America. And uh, I've designed nine courses for them. And uh, these top executives, Christian men and women, come two days uh, a week, three times a year uh, for three years, which is nine courses. And uh, anywhere from 8 to 15 will be there, depending on their schedule. And they usually stay the two full days. And they do come back and uh, we've had our first graduating class where they've taken nine courses. And uh, we meet in about six different locations, different cities, which gives uh, a variety of where they can meet. They also have established a uh, uh, a base scripture from which we work. Uh, 1 Samuel 2.35 uh, I will raise up for myself a faithful priest who will do according to what's on my heart and my mind. And they take that very seriously. That they believe God is raising them up for such a time as this. But then they'll say, We don't quite know how to know what's on the mind and heart of God. And I said, well, I can help you there, which uh, I do. And uh, they're very, very responsive. And then uh, I have 10 one-hour conference calls uh, every month. And they last for an hour. And um, the ones on the call, and that, again, is anywhere up to 15 Uh, each of them on the call will share uh, their own personal walk with god uh, their marriage their family and then their business and the challenges of their business and then the ones on the call will interact with them i give a devotional and and uh, that has become a very powerful instrument every month for business executives and business leaders. Um, And I'm watching uh, a real development in the life of these Christian businessmen. I'm relating to 170 to 180. We started with two, Mac McQuiston and I. And now it's up and growing. Uh, Every month there's others who are added and uh, the CEOs of top businesses like uh, American Airline and that kind uh, who are joining and being a part of what we're doing. And uh, they're very transparent and I, I sense that we call it the CEO forum. Uh, I sense that it's uh, a safe house for these top executives because most of these top CEOs when people relate they want either money or influence but when they come to the CEO forum we don't require anything we don't ask them for anything we just are a meeting place where they're very safe to share the intimate things of their business and uh, and it's kept within that uh, that group so I think it's a very strong um, move of God, and I can share further in that. I'm also, as you know, here at the Fellowship of Christian Companies International, and I've met with them several years, and, uh, and I do during the year. So on all levels of uh, marketplace people, uh, the Lord seems to have dropped me in at a very s- specific time and place.
2: Something you said is very interesting to me in particular, and I think will be to our listeners as well. And you mentioned this, two things, but you mentioned this idea that God has an agenda in the marketplace, one. And the second thing that you said that really caught my ear here is that he's developing spiritual statesmen. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: What do you see as God's agenda right now in, in the marketplace? It'll
1: vary with each person and the level of their obedience, and uh, I will deal with that with them to say here's a and I always deal from scripture I start from scripture explain scripture and then apply scripture for instance I'll say Jesus said if you're faithful in a little I'll give you more and then I'll illustrate companies uh, individuals who I uh, had one who was uh, an executive for a major company uh, in a region of the US and I said now if you're faithful your company under God's direction though they don't know it um, can make you uh, a, a top CEO nationally for that company and boy about six months later he said they've just asked me to be the national CEO for this major company. I said if you're faithful in that they may ask you to be the global CEO well about three months later they called and said they've asked just asked me to be the international global director for this major company and I said well God's not through with you yet but it's a basic principle that uh, is found in the kingdom if you want to seek first the kingdom here's how he functions similarly I'll take a scripture like how you receive the one I send you. You're receiving me, and how you receive me, you're receiving my Father who sent me. And then I apply it into the business community. You have customers, uh, you have clients, uh, you have suppliers, and how you receive the ones God gives you, you are receiving Him. Well, they come back the next month and have all kinds of stories they suddenly took a biblical truth and then watched to see how God unfolded it in their business and then the impact it was making on their business and uh, along with that the CEO Forum has received two White House briefings and they invited just this group to the White House to hear from the top leaders of the nation labor secretary and you name it. And we interacted with them and they shared with us. But I said, how you receive the ones God sends you, you're receiving Him. Here's a sample of God bringing people into your life. How are you gonna handle that? And how you handle it uh, will determine whether God can bring others. But you say, oh, Lord, give me an opportunity to have an influence. And he said, I tried to, but you never recognized that it was me. And so why should I give you another? But we take those major scriptures every time we gather around on the phone and uh, share and give an exposition and then give an application. And boy, they catch it. They catch it.
2: There's some powerful principles in there, but um, I'm, I'm hearing from your heart here that uh, there are principles in the Word of God, and I think most of our audience is already thinking along these lines, that can be applied. For example, you mentioned how you receive someone. You, you know, you're receiving God. Uh, that could apply to customer service. Mm-hmm. could apply to how you handle your
1: relationships with suppliers and vendors and whatnot, as you mentioned, employees even. And how God sent you your wife. And how you're handling your wife will determine how God grants you children or how God brings children to you. What are you doing with them? And of course that touches a nerve uh, with their children and their wife. Uh, But we apply it and then we talk about it and we interact and let them respond. And uh, in about 14 years of working with them we've never seen one divorce from those top executives. And that's not the pattern across other executives. But with the ones we've worked with, there's not been a divorce. And we've seen many of the children come back to the Lord or make decisions or marry the right person when they understood, how do you, how do you work within the framework of the kingdom of God? And they just needed to know where the Scriptures are.
2: In a case like the one you just described, I mean, you, you left preaching and went to Medellin. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um, the folks that are coming to these types of events or, or in the, in the form, in the case of the forum, they're coming to a phone call. Are these folks, are you finding them largely already in relationship with God?
1: Yeah, they're all Christian. Okay. And they're all seeking first the kingdom of God. That's why they've come. We have not gone after them. Mm-hmm. They have come to us and then they hear how other Christian CEOs are being blessed and being helped, and they'll say, can, can we come? Mm. And of course, the answer is always yes. So it has started with two, and now is clo- coming close to 180. Mm. And these are the top Christian CEOs of America. Mm. And these are the movers and shakers, not only in the nation, but globally. And they're touching the uh, heads of government around the world and touching the nations of the world.
2: Mm. You've you've touched on what I'm about to ask you already, but you you, you mentioned the idea that applying these principles uh, in the case of one gentleman in particular was, you know, was the source of advancement within his own company. You've talked about impact on families. Maybe I could ask you to just explore that for a moment. What are some of the other types of results you're seeing when people are applying the principles of the kingdom in the ways that you're working with them?
1: Well, for instance, uh, a common factor uh, is when you have to downsize. Mm. And they want to do it in a Christ-like way, and they want to indicate the worthiness of the employees that they're going to have to release, and, uh, or acquisitions. Mm. And some of them, uh, they realize that the acquisition that could have taken place was outside the value systems of their country company. And so they turned it down, uh, much to the amazement of their board. And then the CEOs have to work with their boards, uh, and, and they need to know how can I function as a Christian CEO when many of my board members are not believers at all, and they have a different set of values. We talk about that. And I say, well, Jesus said, Father, don't take them out of the world but keep them from the evil one. Then I'll go through John 17 and say, here's what Jesus has asked the Father to do. The world does not, Jesus in John 17 says, the world does not know you, but I know you and these know you because I've told them. And uh, then he goes on to talk about how these who are his disciples can make a difference in the real world and do so in such a way that the world will believe that God sent His Son, John 17. And I'll just go through that and then apply it. And it just makes sense. And they'll say, you know, we've never seen it this way before. And I said, well, maybe this is God's timing. Mm -hmm. But boy, they apply it. They're very, very serious. They're not there just to develop doctrine. They're They're there to develop a relationship with God that's real and personal and penetrating in every corner of their life, mm. and they're very responsive to that. Mm.
2: For the for the folks that are in in the marketplace every day, um, many of our listeners may not yet be a CEO. They may be on the track of right. advancement. Um, what are you What are you really hearing and seeing that God is up to? Maybe sort of on a on a big picture scale. Um, for, for in the, in well, the uh,
1: like I shared here at the FCCI, uh, when, I, when I open the scriptures, I'm looking at the ways of God mm. and the purposes of God and the eternal purposes of God. And God says, my ways are not your ways. And uh, I all of a sudden realized the strategy of God to turn the world upside down is through businessmen, mm. not just CEOs but businessmen. And he chose Abraham, a businessman. And he chose David, who was a businessman. And even Amos said, I wasn't a prophet nor a son of a prophet. I was a herdsman and uh, I took care of sycamore trees, but the hand of the Lord came upon me and gave me a message and told me where to share it. Well, he was a businessman. And somehow the businessmen have a way of speaking to the real world that religious leaders don't. And then, of course, when Jesus was given 12 men by the Father, they were 12 businessmen. And my mind said, it looks like God's eternal purpose for changing a world is to do it through the business community. And, of course, those businessmen turned the world upside down. And then I asked the question, why? Why does God seem to choose businessmen? And, of course, the answer to me was, businessmen and women are not intimidated by the real world. That's the arena in which they work, five days a week, six days a week. They're always in the middle of the world, and they're not intimidated by that. They thrive in that. So if they are filled with the Holy Spirit and given some direction and message, they'll, they'll very freely share, uh, and that'll penetrate right across the nation. And I believe... That right now, God's strategy, from what I see in the activity of God, is, uh, I put it this way, I think God has announced that the world has had his best people long enough, helping the world be successful. And God is now calling his own back to himself to help the kingdom be successful. And there's no question about that, that. businessmen who were helping the world be successful are suddenly sensing that God is saying, I want you to seek first the kingdom of God, and not just the kingdom of this world. And they really are sensing that there is a new move of God. And I would say this is true. One of the CEOs with another, they uh, led a, uh, a retreat for Christian businessmen in Lebanon who were Arab and Israeli. And I said, you mean you brought Arabs and Israelis together in a retreat and they were all businessmen? said, yes. I said, what happened? They said it was a glorious time. And they believe that peace could come through the Christian business community because the Christian businessmen have access to the top leaders of the nation on down. I keep saying to some of the the, the CEOs that uh, we have that uh, you can walk into the office of the president of any country in the world because of your company, like Walmart. You know, you can walk into any executive of any country. Could it be that God may give you access to countries where the missionaries are really struggling and where the common believers are under great persecution and you're walking into the office of the president of that country country, could you be used of God to change the culture of a nation well they're doing it Hmm. I mean they're doing it
2: I'm hearing echoes of the great commission as you're describing this Jesus called us to disciple nations
1: yeah and Mark's gospel says take the gospel to every person, not just every nation. And uh, these folk, when I take that scripture and then give a strong exposition of that scripture in the light of the rest of the Bible, the lights come on. And uh, they then go out immediately to practice what we've shared, and then they come back and report and I'm seeing this in an ever-increasing measure so I feel that God's agenda right now to touch our world as it really is is through the Christian business community
2: you mentioned uh, executives of nations Um, I have not had the the pleasure the privilege of being in the sessions that you've conducted this week Someone has related to me a story you told about a phone call you took from the President of the United States. Can you, are you comfortable sharing a little bit about that?
1: Well, uh, someone called me and, and said, you know, the President uh, is on his face before the Lord every morning. And then he said, you just need to know he's using your experiencing God day by day for his daily devotion." And I said, I didn't know that, but thank you. Well, this is an aid to the president, so he knows that. And then he said, and by the way, he's just now begun to study that little black book of yours. And I said, what black book? I said, you mean Experiencing God? Yeah, that's the one. The president is beginning to study through Experiencing God. This was several months ago. So people come to me and say, you know, I have a real burden for the president, but I don't know how to pray for him. And I, of course, will smile and say, well, buy my book, because more than likely, that daily devotion is a truth that the president is wrestling with this very day. So take that truth and pray that into the the life of the president. Well, they never thought about that. And I said, well, uh, I heard that he uses that. And so... Uh, last year, I was uh, Honorary Chairman of the National Day of Prayer, and that put me in the White House, and in the Pentagon, and in the uh, Cannon Building, and I happened to be able to shake the hand of the President three or four times. One of the times, I held onto his hand, looked into his eyes, and said, Mr. President, uh, it's come to my attention that you use our experiencing God day by day for your daily devotion. Is that right? He smiled and shook his head and said yes I said well I just wanted to hear it from you <laughs> so it's amazing oh that's fabulous and it's an example of what you're describing absolutely
2: access to go leaders
1: ahead. Mm-hmm. your access to leaders and of course these folk touch the nations of the world mm-hmm. and uh, uh, I'm seeing that and uh, and i we're about to coordinate some of that uh, more specifically because the last Uh, phone call we had with the 10 call 10 ten one hour call about six of them are deeply involved in Africa all of them very different in what they're doing one from uh, a medical pharmaceutical company to uh, a fellow who develops a power plant through uh, propane and uh, others who are doing feeding the hungry and And dealing with the AIDS problem but uh, at least six of these major companies have suddenly become involved in Africa and I said we need to get those together and see if there's a way in which we can uh, interrelate these one with another and uh, so we're about to do that we're also now bringing together retired CEOs and they're when they retire from a very active lifestyle they're saying we don't know what to do and of course we say well do we have a word for you and let's meet together and see what expertise god's given you for instance uh there were three ceos who went to rwanda and they met with the president of rwanda who's a christian and his cabinet's a christian and he met with them and these ceos said we're christian ceos is there anything we can do to help you The president immediately said, yes, if you could build a railway through Tanzania from the coast to the capital city, that would greatly help us. Well, it just so happened that one of those CEOs was the CEO for Burlington Northern Railroad. And he came back and said, you told me to look to see where God was at work and join him. Then he said, I have some of the most skillful uh, men of expertise who retired from my company. I could send them and they could go over and and put that together. Well, that railroad is now about half built. But it's being done primarily laid out by retirees. And so we're saying, that's another whole dimension of the marketplace when people live out their life 20 or 30 years in the marketplace and then they retire God doesn't throw that away and God's not a wasteful person but they don't know how to use it and we're saying well let's talk about it because there is a way that you can be of extreme usefulness to God and I can give many illustrations but it's an exciting time
2: it really is an exciting time and I don't want to intrude upon your time too much but one of the things that I would really like for us to do is maybe give you the opportunity whatever may be on your heart right now for the, for the Christian business community, if there's something that you really want to deposit today in the lives
1: of those that might, that might hear this. Well, many, many, many have studied Experiencing God, and they also have studied the book, Spiritual Leadership. But one of the basic truths is you look to see where God's at work and join Him. I could then say to the entire business community, You want to know where God's at work right now? It's in the business community. It's in corporate America from the top to the little person out there in the the block. But God has been reclaiming His own that the world has been using to help them be successful. He now wants them to make the kingdom successful. So I would say uh, when people of course ask me, where do you see revival? I'd say, I see it most clearly in the business community. Uh, These folk are serious. These folk are abandoned to God. And when truth is shared, it sets them free. But they, they come to it all with a huge sense that when the God of the universe speaks, I tremble and I obey immediately. So just from my own perspective, I have never seen God working so profoundly uh, as I have in corporate America right now in the business community in the marketplace. And then those companies that have international connections, they're connecting. And they're connecting to China and India and and South America and all over. It's just incredible. So I would say if you're a business person of any kind, an ordinary person but not a CEO look carefully at where God has placed you and look for the activity of God look for people that he brings across your life look for some things that only God can do but if you see it be committed ahead of time to join him make the adjustment in your life and your schedule to be involved with what God is showing you he's doing that's what Jesus did he, he said, I don't take the initiative, but whatever I see my father doing, that's what I do. But my fa- father loves the son and shows him everything that he himself is doing. That's still true today.
2: Well, thank you very much.
1: You're welcome. He's You're very kind to let me share what's on my heart about corporate America and the marketplace.
2: Well, it's our honor and a privilege to have you involved, and we appreciate you sharing your heart with your folks today. God bless you. And there you have it, Dr. Henry Blackaby. Whoa. Wow,
0: that was awesome. Man. Wasn't
2: that great? And, and and again, it was 2007, so you heard a few things that are a little dated now. He he talked about being in the office of the president. That would have been before the current administration, so that would have been W, you know, who was in the office uh, of the White House at that time. But I think his point about access to leadership and God exalting you when you're faithful in the little things, you be, you become entrusted with more. Some really great practical examples of kingdom principles at work. I thought
0: absolutely, and he referred to feeling like he's been dropped in by God for a specific time and place. That that marketplace ministry is the next great mission field, and boy, I, you know that just connected with my heart because I, I feel the same way about my purpose for being on the planet is is for this time and this place. To share the good news while we solve people's pest problems with green solutions, you know that. I do. <laughs> the other couple other takeaways, just to um, dial it in, uh, the the word spiritual statesman. Boy. Oh man, I want to be one of those. Isn't don't you? that a
2: great word? I, and actually, you know, it's funny that you mentioned that because uh, D- uh, Dennis Peacock is doing. He's got an initiative underway right now that uses some very similar language to that, which okay. I really believe that. That language is really exciting. It's unique language. It, it really communicates the ambassadorship idea.
0: Right. And just the just the phrase, spiritual statesman, I mean, it's inspiring to want to be I, one yeah, of those. Yeah, just huh? sign me
2: up. Like, where, where do I sign?
0: <laughs> it's one of those, you know? One thing he said about that, though, to, to qualify, by the way, uh, he said it requires obedience. You know, that seeking first the kingdom— uh, in an obedient way, and and letting biblical truths really impact our business. Um, yeah, I'm striving for that. But that title, "spiritual statesman," really was a, uh, a neat takeaway for inspiration. for me. It drives
2: that idea home. And and even when you think about obedience, I you know he's not he's not trying to say let's go back to a list of rules like we had under the law. But right. there are clearly kingdom principles that when we engage them are going to bring us a positive result and when we neglect them are going to deprive us of some real amazing opportunities
0: something like sowing and reaping something
2: like that yeah i, I, I yeah. love this idea that god would bring you somebody and the way that you receive them Wait, I, I just love that idea that was such a practical notion that the way you receive them is how you receive the father and so and it could be that the person that God's God sending you is the last person that you would expect, and therefore, you know, there we go. <laughs> that was right. difficult.
0: One other thing that just stood out to me was he said that businessmen have a way of communicating God's truth that that pastors don't because, you know, they, they're they not intimidated by the world because they work in it every day. And, you know, they have a message that they can declare in the marketplace that pastors don't have the opportunity to. and And they have... Uh, they're accustomed to doing so. So that, that's the power of uh, marketplace ministry in itself is sharing God's truth through business of people who wouldn't darken the door of a church. So you know, I, I like you got, that idea. I was just going to say the, the the power of that just resonated in my heart because that's that's who we're trying to be. Yeah,
2: and Dean, on that note, there's the the concept that you and I have talked a great deal about with respect to our, our own business interactions Because how you message, how you frame your message in business is so vital to it being adopted. And it Uh seems like the church has insisted that everybody learn our language rather than us communicating the language of the culture of the people we're trying to. It's as though though you got dropped in as a missionary in Vietnam and you didn't know the language and you just demanded that everybody speak English in order to do this with you. Like, that wouldn't work. <laughs> Absolutely and yet, that's not. that's how he right. treated the church. So I love that idea, and it was so great that he acknowledged that God's calling right. falling on the, on the business leaders gave us an opportunity to reach out to the world that we wouldn't have.
0: All right. So what's uh, the Blackabee organization, what are they up to these days, David? Could bring us up to speed on, on some current well, stuff I, they're doing. I will
2: be the first to admit that I am not uh, familiar with all of the ins and outs, but one of the things that you can do if you're interested in connecting up to Blackabee is visit blackaby.net and we'll link to it here with our show notes today with the podcast but they have what they're calling the spiritual leadership network Dean which sounds like it, and I'm not sure if those calls that he talked about are still happening but there's a network that's kind of an online community that you can join which does some similar things they also have lots of spiritual leadership coaching activities and there's even an online <clears throat> class called living out your faith in the workplace that uh, apparently is is led by Tom who is um, who is Blackaby's son? Now you you've read some of these other books, even that that they, that uh, that Dr. Blackaby mentioned.
0: Oh yeah, and they're right on point. I mean, there's thankfully there's a volume of information available about marketplace ministry now that going back to when we talked to buck jacobs you know 40 years ago he was an absolute pioneer there was nothing there was one book on the shelf by stanley tam god owns my business and that that was was hard to
2: find i will tell you as a retailer (laughs) somebody involved in christian retail at one time it was not an easy book to get your hands on so i mean it just there were so many roadblocks to learning this stuff back then
0: right so blackaby's done a good job because of his notoriety from experiencing god frankly um has opened up the marketplace ministry um in a much broader scale, so definitely encourage our listeners to get a hold of anything that Blackaby's putting out. I'll I'll just give it a Dino hey, endorsement. And right after here. what you
2: heard today, uh, you know I think everybody can understand Dean why you're willing to do that. But uh, man, this has been a great episode of the podcast, Dean. Once again, I thank you for being involved and. Folks, this is just a taste of what's to come, man. We got so many exciting things coming, and I'm looking forward to it. And Dean, it's a surprise every week. I mean, you know, you never know what great thing is coming to the Nourish the Dream podcast. <laughs> and that's why people are going to keep listening with anticipation. Absolutely. I'm sure. Let's and go. Tell your friends, and uh, if you're not uh, if you're not yet connected up, visit nourishthedream.com, and uh, you can grab uh, other episodes of the podcast. You can also sign up there. Don't forget the Stitcher app. I love it. I'm enjoying it on my Android device, but it's available for the iOS platform as well and other platforms. And uh, so make sure you subscribe and grab every episode. Dean, I'm excited about next week. I'm looking forward to being back with you then.
0: And you all see then, pal.
2: Thanks for listening to the Nourish the
1: Dream podcast with David G. Johnson and Dean Burnside. Make sure to subscribe via iTunes, get email updates, and locate archived episodes at nourishthedream.com. You can also like Nourish the Dream on Facebook and follow us on Twitter to stay connected to strategic fuel for your dream. Invite your friends and colleagues to connect with us as well. This has been a production of Nourish the Dream.